Thank you for listening to The New Norm. I'm Frank Caramano. Well, the defensive coordinator has been chosen. The offensive coordinator has been made official. The coaching staff, at least on the offensive side, is completely in place. The defensive side, I'm assuming things might change. We still have a, um, you know, a new coordinator. You don't know who he's going to want to bring in. Um, but let's just get into it because that is the big story here, is that first and foremost, the Eagles did officially sign Brian Johnson. They promoted him from quarterback's coach. They made him the offensive coordinator. I think it's a great move. Uh, I'm a big fan of Brian Johnson. Uh, a lot of things about Brian Johnson people probably don't know. Yes, he called plays, by the way, at Utah. He then went to uh, become Dak Prescott's quarterback's coach, ironically, while Dak was in college um, at Mississippi State. Then he went to Florida, where he became the offensive coordinator there, where he called plays before he came to Philadelphia. So he's, you know, obviously traveled the college circuit, but everywhere he's went, if you noticed, the quarterback performed pretty well. You know, Prescott clearly. Kyle Trask almost won the Heisman Trophy with Florida, while Brian Johnson was the offensive coordinator. And then obviously we've all seen uh, the growth of Jalen Hurts here these last two years. Brian Johnson is... Um, He's going to be a head coach. I, I actually fully believe Brian Johnson is on his way to becoming a head coach. Uh, so we're going to have to take advantage of the time we have with Brian Johnson here calling plays. And I'm telling you, I'm, I couldn't be happier about a move. I, I really believe in Brian Johnson. I believe that look, Shane Steichen, put it like this, nothing against Shane Steichen. I thought, obviously, Shane Steichen did an incredible job. He got the job in Indianapolis because he was great calling plays for the Eagles, right? Brian Johnson understands Jalen Hurts better than Shane Steichen did. Like Shane Steichen, the, the offense that the Eagles ran, this, you know, moving the quarterback, using the quarterback as a runner, you know, I don't think they rolled the pocket enough with Jalen Hurts. I don't think they did some things that they could have taken advantage of more, but that's because Shane Steichen was used to, you know, guys like, think about it. He was with San, uh, with the Chargers, with, you know, Herbert, and then before Herbert, it was, you know, Phillip Rivers, and it, it just wasn't guys that had the tools that Jalen Hurts has. Brian Johnson understands that, because you know why? Brian Johnson played the position, and Brian Johnson was a mobile quarterback. So... I'm telling you this right now. The creativity that's going to come from this offense next season, I, I'm I'm just going to give people a heads up. It's going to be an upgrade. And I, I don't say that, again, in terms of trying to slight and what Shane Steichen did. I mean, I thought he he was really good. I mean, I, I don't agree with how he coached the game in the Super Bowl. And we still scored 35 points, by the way. So, I mean, you know, you, you can nickel and dime, you know, and take your shots here at Shane Steichen. And, I, and I'm not trying to come off that way, but... I'm telling everybody, this is a. I think it's just a major, major upgrade. Now, defensively, the Eagles have made their you know selection, and their often or their defensive coordinator is going to be Sean Desai. Sean Desai comes from Seattle, but really comes from Chicago, where he was the defensive coordinator in 2021. So Sean Desai has called defense. Um, that's important. It really is. It is important because. Um, we all saw Gannon last year, his first year calling defense. It was ugly. Didn't get much prettier this year. Um, you know, by the way, a lot of things about him this week. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson, C.J. Gardner-Johnson, obviously. Calling uh, 
calling him out on Twitter because Jonathan Gannon obviously, you know, making said he had to do a better job. And I think Gardner Johnson's tweet was something along the lines of he didn't put them in position to make plays on defense, which, by the way, we all knew. And I and I know people took offense to that. They don't think it's a good idea by Char, uh, Gardner Johnson to call out the coach. I'm just telling you this. This was two players now in two seasons who called out Jonathan Gannon for his defense. Just let that sink in. Fletcher Cox did it last year. And remember, everybody was trying to say, oh, what a selfish player Fletcher Cox is for doing that. But he was right. And Gardner Johnson called out what we all saw in the Super Bowl. It was pathetic. Jonathan Gannon, uh, Jonathan Gannon was absolutely, I told everybody, he was going to be the number one reason why if the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl, and I said this at the beginning of the season, he was going to be the number one reason if the Eagles were not to not win the Super Bowl, it was going to be his fault. What happened? It was directly his freaking fault that the Eagles didn't win the Super Bowl, something I will never get over. Also, the referees, let's not forget that as well. But the point being here is our defense literally put up nothing in that Super Bowl, and Jonathan Gannon was the biggest reason why. You gave him a bunch of talent. He Again, think about the first touchdown they scored in the Super Bowl. He's got Marcus Epps one-on-one with their best pass catcher, Travis Kelsey. Allow that to sink in, right? Allow that information to sink in as Travis Kelsey's being guarded by Marcus Epps. You know? And the defense he played, he never ever like let Slay challenge or, or Brad Bear. Like you know what I mean? He didn't. He had these corners, Maddox. He had these great corners, but he never just said, "Okay, go and take your man." Oh, except when he did, that the referees had to involve themselves on the Bradbury play, right? And, and again, that's a call that should have never been made. But that's what we're saying. We wanted to see our our corners challenge. They're wide receivers, not just the Chiefs. I mean, I'm talking about the Cowboys when we played them, anybody, because we paid them so much money, and it was essentially a wasted investment because they actually had zero impact in our biggest games because our defensive coordinator played a cowardly loser style. Now, Sean Desai comes in. Is Sean Desai going to blitz the quarterback, you know, double what Jonathan Gannon did? No, that's not going to happen. Their blitz rates are pretty much the same. The one thing Sean Desai does, though, is it looks like he mixes up his fronts a lot more. And what I mean by that is this. You'll see the defensive end, and you might see Sweat and Reddick line up over the same side. What he's trying to do is cause confusion on the offense line, which is what I've been begging for for years. Now, again, this is just from what I've seen from him in Chicago. Is that going to happen here? I don't know. And if it doesn't happen here, stuff like that, then it tells me that Nick Sirianni has some serious problems, and and that will have to be addressed because he's the head coach. So remember, these guys are going to do what the head coach you know tells them to do. That that's what this is. They work for the head coach. That's why he's the head coach. That's what the coordinators are next. And I would hope Nick, you know, defers to Sean Desai, considering he's a defensive coach. And lets that man do what he needs to do and give himself a fair chance, you know. Uh, Desai's a Fangio guy. Clearly, the Eagles were an obsessed. They have this obsession with Vic Fangio, and I can't blame them. I wish Vic Fangio was our defensive coordinator. Unfortunately, he was hired by Miami before he even thought it was a realistic possibility that Jonathan Gannon was leaving. In fact, Jonathan Gannon himself didn't think he was leaving when he made that dumb comment saying, "Oh, you got you're not getting rid of me, Philly or whatever." And turns out he was hired by Arizona, and thankfully. Thank, thank them so much for doing it. I mean, what what a gift the Cardinals gave the Eagles. Um, you know, we lost the Super Bowl in their horrific stadium with that terrible field, which we found out is uh, 
you know, the the sad father, the 94-year-old man who, you know, did the Super Bowl, who just laid into the NFL for why that field was the way it was. And, you know, people were blaming him, and clearly it was not his fault to be blamed because he explained as to why that field was the disaster it was. But besides the point, Arizona at least said, here, if we're going to screw you this way, at least we'll take Gannon off your hands, and they did. Now with Desai, right, we're going to go over the defense. That's what this episode's about. We're going to go over who... On the defensive side, the free agents who I think we should stay, uh, keep, what I think we should kind of look for. Again, I know everybody's eager for the draft. I'm eager for the draft. But we got to come to the realization of this. There are a lot of holes that are going to be on this team post-free agency. You do not draft for need. You draft best, uh, best player available. That's what you're supposed to do. And when I say that, I mean, again, obviously, if a corner and you know, a quarterback or who you're deciding against, you're going to pick the corner because you're good at quarterback. So yeah, your positions, your positions of need obviously take, you know, they win all tiebreakers, but we got to see what we're going to be needing come the draft. Because again, I don't know what the Eagles free agency plan is, but let's just get into it, right? Let's just go into the defense. Let's start on the defensive line, right? So who's coming back and who's staying? So obviously Hassan Reddick's not going anywhere. And yes, I'm counting him as a rusher of the quarterback because that's what he is. I'm not counting him as a linebacker. Um, you know, Josh Sweat isn't going anywhere. So your two primary edge rushers are not free agents and they're not going anywhere. That's big news. Defensively, like in terms of your defensive ends, Derek Barnett is still under contract. I know he got hurt early, uh, early in the season, but... It's just something to note. Uh, Brandon Graham is a free agent. And same thing with Robert Quinn. Now, here's the thing about Robert Quinn. I know Robert Quinn, obviously, the trade didn't work. We got nothing out of Robert Quinn in terms of a pass rush. And that's disappointing, but he was clearly beat up. And, you know, whatever, there's a reason the Bears paid his salary. We gave him a fourth-round pick. It just didn't work out. I still don't think it was a bad trade. I, I understand why they made it, but it didn't work. Here's the thing, though. Quinn had 18 and a half sacks in 2021 with Sean Desai as his defensive coordinator. So I know the plan was, the initial agreement was that, you know, Quinn was going to leave the Eagles and go test free agency. And that's fine. He could do that. But now I'm starting to think Robert Quinn might want to stay a Philadelphia Eagle, don't you? And if I'm the Eagles, you might be able to get Robert Quinn on a nice, cheap, discounted deal. And again, I'm not against that. He clearly had success in the Sean Desai system. I think his failures with the Eagles were more due to his injuries. But again, I'm just saying here, when you're looking at your third, fourth, fifth defensive end, this is something to really look at now. I think Robert Quinn becomes a possibility for the Eagles. Brandon Graham? Brandon Graham's talking about playing two more years. I don't know what Brandon Graham's going to get on the open market. I really don't. He's going to be 35, obviously, so or maybe 36, whatever, but... Again, his age doesn't really matter because he played so well last year and had all those sacks playing, I think, less than 40% of the snaps. All that's, It was impressive for what Brandon Graham did. I don't know what Brandon Graham's intentions are, and I don't know what team. It just takes one if somebody's going to pay him or not. I would like to have Brandon Graham back. And again, I say this, too, because what are the Eagles going to do in the draft? And I know I said we're not going to talk about the draft, but this becomes prevalent in this uh, regard because let's just say with their first pick, if it's 10, if they trade down, whatever, I don't know what they do there. But if they do pick, 
you know, um, an edge rusher, you know, like pick your litter there, whoever they get, that's a first-round pick. You know what I mean? And I know Jordan Davis was a first-round pick who really didn't, you know, play much. But that's not what you're doing. When you're picking in the top end of the first round, those guys are coming into play. So that becomes a little bit of a tricky situation, right? Because are you picking a stand-up linebacker or are you picking a, a, you know, defensive end? Like, you know what I mean? And, you know, Sweat and Reddick play those spots, but when they're going to get subbed, it's not going to be, you know, you have Barnett there. So I don't know. I would envision that the Eagles ideally would not want to sign these ends till after the draft. But I don't believe Brandon Graham's sitting there till after the draft. Robert Quinn, I guess, could technically make it till after the draft, which would be, you know, for the Eagles, there'd be their safety net. But I, I again, I firmly believe the Eagles are going to try to address that position in the draft. So when I hear that, especially in the first two rounds, like again, if they do it at ten, obviously, but even in the first two rounds, if you draft anybody in the first two rounds, they're coming into play. So you don't want to have that person or that player essentially blocked out. Now, at defensive tackle, this is where it gets good. Hargrave, obviously, a free agent. Cox, a free agent. You know, Sue and Joseph are free agents as well, but um, the two names to talk about here are Cox and Hargrave. I am not in on re-signing Javon Hargrave, and I know a lot of people are. And again, I'm not sitting here trying to diminish what Javon Hargrave is. He's an, he was an excellent pass rusher this year against bottom 15 offenses. I saw a stat that... I don't believe he had a sack when we played a top 15 offense. Now, is that all his fault? No, obviously not. But I'm just saying here, you know, he's a great pass-rushing defensive tackle. He was very poor against the run. That's why we had a sign in Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph. And the same thing could be said for Fletcher. I just think the price you're going to have to pay for Hargrave, who's 30 years old, and at that position, they could fall off quick. We saw Fletcher Cox obviously not be the player that he was three years ago. And it kind of happened after he turned 30. So uh, I I don't know. That's not a standard rule for all players, but I just don't want to divvy out over $15 million a year to to a defensive tackle. I really don't. You just drafted one in the first round last year. Jordan Davis has got to be able to play. You know, you have Milton Williams. He was a third-round pick uh, the year before. You know, you, you have... Marlon Tui Peloto still on this team. You know, Marvin Wilson there. I think that you could sign a defensive tackle. And you know who knows? You might address that position in the draft. Early in this draft. You're not banking on it, but again, I'm just looking at it like I don't put it like this for Javon Hargrave. Here's my thing for him, for everybody. In our biggest games, what was Javon Hargrave's impact? Did he have any impact on the Super Bowl? Zero. In fact, it was negative because Isaiah Pacheco literally ran the ball down our throats. Did he have any impact against the 49ers? Did he have any impact against, like, the Cowboys game on Christmas Eve? Where was Javon Hargrave in our biggest games? And again, I'm not sitting here saying he was a complete zero in those games. I'm not. But Hassan Reddick made plays in those games, right? Hargrave made a ton of plays against the Texans. That was his best game of the season by miles. And I'm again, I'm not disregarding it because it was the Texans, but I'm just saying in our biggest games, Javon Hargrave did not have an impact of a player that should be making over $15 million per year. That's all I'm saying. 
I'm sure the Eagles are going to go try to re-sign him. I know how they operate. They love the defensive line. They love the offensive line. But at some point, you got to sit there and say, am I getting the return on my investment that I need? Because again, the goal isn't to beat the Texans. Yes, I, you have to be able to beat the Texans. And I'm not sitting here saying performances against teams like the Texans should disregard you as a player because they certainly shouldn't. But you got to be able to roll those over when we play San Francisco, when we play Dallas, when we play Buffalo, when you play Kansas City, you know, like against the really good teams. And Hassan Reddick, he made plays against the really good teams we played this year. Josh Sweat made plays against the really good teams we played this year. That's why I'm more lenient or leaning towards us re-signing Fletcher Cox. One, I don't think his price is going to be anything crazy. I really don't. It's not going to be. There's no possible way Fletcher Cox is getting a big money contract at all from anybody this year. It just isn't happening. You know what I mean? The, 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 the word's out on Fletcher that he's just not the player that he was three years ago. So my belief would be that the Eagles can get him for relatively cheap on a very short, maybe one, two-year deal. And you have Fletcher Cox, you have Jordan Davis, you have Milton Williams, Marlon Tuipoloto, Marvin Wilson, and possibly a rookie roll out there for your uh, defensive tackles. And I think you'll be just fine. Obviously, you're not as explosive without Javon Hargrave being able to rush the passer. But again, you don't know if you're going to draft a rookie who might be able to fill that role. Or two, Jordan Davis takes a step this year. You would hope he does. I mean, hey, you, you, really, you're primarily uh, primarily hoping he could stop the run, which he wasn't able to really do last year. But again, that you drafted the guy 13th overall. He's got to take a leap a little bit, right? You gave him a free pass for a season. Well, the free pass is over now. Now, speaking, let's stay in the middle there. Let's go right to linebacker. What do you do at linebacker? Because TJ Edwards and Kaiser White are both free agents. And like I said, N'Kobe Dean's starting for me, and I'd be cool with Christian Ellis. I'm not kidding. I think those two guys could play. Do I think the Eagles are going to be comfortable with that? No. Should they be comfortable with that? Probably not, because, I mean, you want to have some depth. Just because you were able to, you know, stave off injuries this year at that position doesn't mean that's going to be how it goes all the time. You know, so uh, again, you're not going to be leaning on Davion Taylor or, you know, Sean Bradley, whatever. You know what I mean? You want to have some depth at that position. So I could see the scenario of trying to bring back maybe Kaiser White. I just think TJ Edwards is going to get paid. And if he gets paid, good for him. But again, I'm cool with N'Kobe Dean. I want N'Kobe Dean to be the leader of this defense next year. I'm telling you, N'Kobe Dean is a special football player. We didn't get to see much of it this year, but I, I implore you to go watch the Titans game when he got in there and watch the way he filled holes against the run game, his instincts. He is much more instinctive than TJ Edwards. It's not even close. In the run game, they are, they are miles apart. I am telling you, Dean is a much more instinctive football player. He's a better football player. He is going to be an upgrade, I promise. I know people don't want to believe it. They don't think it's possible because, you know, everybody was just, you know, glowing at how good TJ Edwards played this year. And I'm not saying that he didn't have some really good moments, but he played like garbage against the Chiefs. There was a major difference between Nick Bolton and TJ Edwards, the Chiefs linebacker, uh, middle linebacker and ours. And I'm telling you this right now, you won't say that with Bolton and Dean. Now again, they might want Dean to play weak side. That's fine too. So, and if that's the case, then Edwards becomes a priority, Right. But I mean, I saw last year us line up with Dean and Ellis as our linebackers against Tennessee, and I get it, the game was over. But I liked what I saw in Ellis. I'm telling you, he's a high-energy player. Same thing with Dean. And I think we would be 
fine with those two guys starting. I'm telling you. And in fact, they would just get better as the season went on. I'm not getting crazy here. I think we have talent at linebacker. And again, another thing you could do is in the draft, you have the opportunity to draft a linebacker. And I know you'll sit there and say, well, what about Kyron Johnson, Patrick Johnson? Those guys are the rush linebackers. They're not off ball. And I don't envision that they're going to be transitioned off ball. So yeah, they're going to have to get a linebacker or two. I, I could definitely see them getting a veteran to come in, a Kaiser White again. I'm not ruling him out. I just think he's going to be cheaper than Edwards. And that's what I would do. But I would be telling White, I'd be like, hey, you're coming in here, but Ellis is going to have a shot to play. If Kaiser beats him out, then so be it. Kaiser beats him out, and that's great. But that's what I'm running with. Now at corner, Bradbury is going to be out of our price range. It just is what it is. And I'm actually now not in the business of wanting to pay my corners. I'm really not. Like, we paid our corners big money this year. Now again, Sean Desai is a different coordinator. I don't know what Sean Desai is going to want to do with the corners. So I can't fully say this. I just know in the Gannon system it was pointless to pay Slay and Bradbury because against great players, their impact was just minimal. I mean, again, I know that people have floated the idea about trading Darius Slay. I'm not fully out on trading Darius Slay because of his contract. I don't want to trade Darius Slay, but if they did, I can understand why they'd have the discussions. If some team is willing to give you a premium a draft asset and you're going to take a hit on his contract this year, but you're out of it next year, and you can reset the position, that's fine. But here's another problem. The Eagles have just never reset the position. And by the way, the team that won the Super Bowl, you know what I mean? You looked at what we had at corner. We made a trade in the preseason for Ronald Darby. You started with Jalen Mills. Darby missed like 10 games, so you had Rasul Douglas, you know, Jalen Watkins, guys like that playing. So it, it wasn't, and we were still, what, at 1.10-1 finished, we were 13-2. and two. If you're so telling me, again, if Howie's telling me we're going to win on the defensive line, then you don't have to pay your corners. I'm not against the idea of drafting a corner in the first round for sure, 100%. I have no issues at all doing that. But I think that's what we have to get younger at that position. You're good with Maddox. You're clearly good with Slay, who, again, like I said, if some team games caught, if the price is there, I'm not against it. But you got to reset. I mean, you had Nelson two years ago. Now you got Bradbury, and Bradbury obviously played at an all pro level, but you're not going to pay him. And I just think the way that we ran defense, it's like you didn't need to have elite corners because our scheme last year didn't play to the strengths of elite corners. So. I could see that being reset. And then at safety, obviously, Epps, Gardner-Johnson, they're both free agents. Um, Gardner-Johnson's a priority. like He's a special player. They're not letting him go. So he'll be locked in, but it's just a matter of uh, what happens with Marcus Epps. And I look at there's a lot of good free agent safeties out there. That's probably like the, the strength of this whole free agent class is the safety market. I have... When I hear that, that's a good thing because it tells me we should be able to get Epps back because, I, again, in a normal free agency market, he might be one of the three best safeties that hits the market. Right now, he's probably not in that class. I mean, Jordan Poyer's out there. You got um, you know, Donovan Wilson from the Cowboys. Uh, there's a bunch of really good guys out there at safety. You know, even a guy like a Jimmy Ward who could go to safety. 
I just think that Marcus Epps is not out of our price range. And I don't believe that Marcus Epps is going to get some major deal. Now, he could, obviously, you know. Like, the, the teams that... Think about this. Who would be the teams that you would think would be interested in Marcus Epps, right? Probably teams that have connections to the Eagles, which is true, I guess. I don't... Jonathan Gannon's not going to sign him, be, or implore uh, his team to sign him because the Cardinals have already spent money at safety. Now, the Browns could, because Jim Schwartz really liked Marcus Epps, and he's the defense coordinator there, or coordinator now for the Browns. So that's a team to watch for him. But again, I, I just don't know where a team is going to go, you know, big time on spending on a guy like like Marcus Epps. So I think that we can get him back. And then you have Blankenship be your third. You know, you have Kevon Wallace there. You can draft the safety late in the draft too as well, try to develop somebody there. Look at Blankenship was undrafted. Marcus Epps was a waiver claim. Gardner Johnson was, you know, right before the season started trade. The only guy you drafted at safety is Kayvon Wallace. That's the defense. And then obviously special teams, you're not going anywhere with your long snapper or your kicker. Punter obviously clearly is a major, 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 major need, which is nuts to say, but I'm assuming that will be addressed as well, but... That's pretty much where we're at. And oh yeah, by the way, Michael Clay did get a raise. And I know people are flat out mad that Michael Clay got a raise. But again, we're not in the building. We don't know what he was dealing with. We don't know. Like we all saw the punter. You know, he, he's not punting the ball. I know we gave up a lot of kick returns and stuff. And, I, and again, I get it where people are frustrated that he got a raise. And I could understand it because our kick coverage was abysmal this year. But, hey, for some reason, he's liked in that building, clearly, and it just is what it is. But that is the defense. That's the staying and going. Now, I'm going to pause here. We're almost over with the show. But when I, you know, come back here, I just want to go over, you know, a little news and notes here. Combine's going on. Talk about any, you know... You know, tidbits that may have been gotten out there about the Eagles. And also, a major benefit for the Eagles, potentially, in the future with their current coordinators. But I do want to pause here for a brief moment. Like I said, I have a quick word here from Anchor. So the Combine's going on, and the coach, the GM, they've spoken a lot. You're not going to get much information from them. I mean, except Howie pretty much hinting off the fact that he's pumped up that we're going to get some compensation picks next season because we're going to lose some free agents, which yeah, we are. But, I mean, just openly saying it tells you what the Eagles think that they're going to happen to their free agents and how much they're going to spend in free agency because um, that's how you get awarded com uh, compensatory picks is your free agents go out there, they make big money. You don't spend as much money in terms of bringing free agents back into the building. You're uh, rewarded with compensatory picks. Also, for uh, just a heads up here, with the Eagles, they'll have the opportunity to potentially gain a couple additional third-round picks if Brian Johnson and Sean Desai get named head coaches. Because if you have a minority head coach as or a minority coach as your offense and defensive coordinator, if they end up getting hired as a head coach as a way to promote, you know, to get more minority head coaches in the NFL, the NFL is rewarding their teams that have these coaches in position to at least take that step with, you know, an additional third round pick, which obviously is great. It, it sucks that it's come to that, that you have to do that for great coaches. I mean, <laughs> 
you're a great coach, you're a great coach. I, I don't understand why, you know, rules like this even have to be in, but clearly it's an issue because, you know, there's not enough minority head coaches who are definitely qualified, by the way. And like I said, I think we have one for sure in Brian Johnson. I don't know much about Sean Desai yet. I'm sure we're going to find some stuff out on him and we'll have an opinion. And hopefully it's a one that we all think is much better than Jonathan Gannon. But if Jonathan Gannon can get a head coaching job being our defensive coordinator with how absolutely awful he was at his job, I have firm belief that Sean Desai, if he's just incrementally better, should be a guarantee to be a head coach. Because if you could approve on what that idiot did last season with that schedule we had, with the talent that he had that's not going to be here, if Sean decides able to make our defense look better than it did last season, guess what? He absolutely 100% should be a head coach. But like I said, Brian Johnson, I think, is a lock. He's going to definitely be a head coach. Just the things you read about him. And again, I also heard our quarterbacks coach, Alex Tanney. Um, he's a guy to watch as well. Because it might be the same thing. Johnson goes to become a head coach. Tanny ends up being our offensive coordinator. It's like it's going to be a, like a, a new thing here where we're going to keep bringing in the new young guy who knows what he's doing on offense from the quarterback spot and move him to the offensive coordinator, and then that guy gets poached to be a head coach. But that's where we're at. And those are the additional news and notes. So next week we're going to talk about, obviously, all about free agency. You know, it, it's going to be coming out. where We should have an idea of what the Eagles are looking to do potentially. Guys are maybe targeting. Hopefully we'll get some news on that. And then we'll prepare, like I said, for free agency. And then we'll have free agency come and then uh, all in on the draft. And I've already been doing a bunch of looking into the draft. I have my ideas. And I want to give one of them right now here at the end of the show. Right now, if you asked me, what would I do with the 10th pick? Right now. My ideal situation would be, or scenario would be, we were able to trade that pick back, maybe to the middle of the round. I'm not trying to go too low, by the way. I, I, like I, I know people think, oh, we can just trade. I don't want to trade way down. I maybe just like I said, to the middle of the round. That's fine. And I am taking right now the number one guy. And again, this is way subject to change. I have to look. I don't even know. I, I I'm torn between two guys right now. And it's Jackson Smith and Jigba and Jordan Addison. And the reason I'm torn because I want to just make our offense an absolute juggernaut. I am not in the camp of right now trying to pick somebody on defense that you know you're hoping for whatever. Or an offensive lineman who's not going to play unless it's a right guard or whatever who's going to be your starter. You know what I mean? Because like I said, CMO's gone. Your slot receiver will play. And we need three receivers. We're a heavy 11 team in terms of personnel. This will be somebody who plays. And here's the beautiful thing. We don't really have depth at wide receiver. Zach Pascal's a free agent. He could come back. That's great. But again, you we were fortunate with a lot of positions last year with injury. You just don't want to, if, you know, A.J. Brown has to miss a month. You don't want to be like, because look at, think about this. When Dallas Goddard missed a month, what did we get out of our tight end position? We got absolutely nothing out of that spot, which is another thing to worry about. Like, we, we might have to pick a tight end in this draft, too. If you have the opportunity to pick a tight end in round, if you acquire a pick in round four somehow, like, I, I'm not against that. But that's right now what I'm leaning towards. But again, this is way, 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 way too early project, uh, projections here. I still want to see what we do in free agency. I don't know. Maybe we sign a slot receiver. So then that goes right out the window. But um, 
let's see what we do here. But right now, like I said, right now, I'd be leaning towards picking one of the slot receivers, Smith and Jigba or Addison. And again, I'm not completely out on a, a guy like Bijan Robinson. I'm not picking him at, at 15, maybe, but like for our 30th pick. I'm all okay with just going all in on offense and just being the absolute best offense in the NFL. We're pretty much the best offense in the NFL last year. Just go all in on it. Because we saw what we spent on defense and how it rewarded the hell out of us in the biggest game of the season in the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> now, again, we're going to have a, co a coordinator who's hopefully more competent than him, so maybe he would have got something out of it. But I'm just sitting here telling you this. You know what I mean? We spent all that money, and it did us squat in the biggest game of the season. And our offense kept us in that game. But that's it for this week, guys. We will be back next week, like I said. We'll be hopefully having some information on what the Eagles maybe will be targeting in free agency. Uh, maybe we'll have some updates on the coaching staff. But uh, right now, it's just Combine, so enjoy watching the Combine. And like I said, we'll give a report next week on what I've seen and players I like from the Combine as well. So I want everybody out there to stay safe, stay healthy, stay educated. And as always, go Eagles, go. Thank <laughs> you.